All right, well, good evening. Uh, like Josh shared there, uh, obviously, as we talk about counseling, uh, obviously, the Lord has given us the answers that we need. And it's our job to share that with others also. And so also if there's things that, that we struggle with, you know, there's, there's things out there. And uh, so if you need any of those things that Josh talked about, feel free to let us know. And we'd be glad to, uh, to get those things to you. Like he shared, we're, we're continuing on with Andy John's series called Wonderful Counseling. And it's biblical answers to everyday questions. So biblical answers to those things that we struggle with. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about fear. And what does the Bible say about fear? And as we think about fear, this includes worries, anxieties, stress, and just simply being afraid of things, right? And so that's something that's very common. And so when we, as we begin tonight, I want us to be aware that the Lord knows us. The Lord knows us. He knows us collectively as human beings. He also knows us individually. He knows everything about us. And as we begin tonight, I just want us to focus on that. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is our opening prayer, I'm actually going to go through Psalm 139. And so I just want you to go ahead and close your eyes in a spirit of prayer. And I'm just going to open us up in prayer using Psalm 139 tonight. All right, so if you would just bow with me. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven in the, in the, together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. So when we look at Psalm 139, we see that the Lord examines our hearts. We see that He knows everything about us. He knows our every thought. He knows when we stand up. He knows when we sit down. He even knows what we're going to say even before we say it. He's always present. He has always been. And He always will be. 
And so as we think about the fact that the Lord knows all of this, the Lord knows all of this about us, the Lord knows everything, this can be a comforting thought, and this can be a convicting thought. It can be a comforting thought, right? It's comforting when we think, the Lord is with us. It's convicting when we think, uh-oh, the Lord is with us. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows those things. So we got two things, right? It can be comforting. It can be convicting if we're not, uh, obviously, uh, living like we, like we should, right? So we can't hide anything from the Lord. The Lord knows the things that we struggle with, uh, and He's not surprised by anything. And He's given us the answers to these struggles in His Word. Um, obviously, Psalm 139 is something that I share with, with, with everybody before, before I begin counseling with them. Because I want them to be aware that the Lord is not surprised by anything. The Lord understands your struggles. He knows your struggles. He gets it. And so that's why I share that every time before I begin counseling anyone. Uh, just to know that they're not alone in their struggles and that God gets it. All right. So something that we're going to talk about today, obviously, we're going to talk about fear, anxiety, worry, stress. Uh, and this is something that uh, in some form or fashion, by varying levels and severity, that most people do struggle with. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at fear. All right, so there are many fears that are very common to human beings. So whatever worry, stress, or fear, or anxiety that you have, you can rest assured that someone else struggles with this. You are not the only person on this earth that struggles with whatever fear, anxiety, or stress that you have. It's common. It's common. So you're not alone. Sometimes we always feel like we're alone in our problems. We feel like we're alone in our struggles. Well, you're not alone. There are plenty of other people that, that, that struggle with that same thing, right? And more importantly, to know that you're not the only one struggling with it, as we said before, the Lord knows. The Lord knows that you are struggling with this as well. He knows it, right? We're not hiding anything from Him. We can't keep anything from Him. He knows it. He knew it even before you began to struggle with it, right? And that's the God that we serve, all right? So we're going to dive into the Bible tonight. Uh, I, I tease, I do appreciate, Andrew, we got about 50 Scripture references we're going to go through. And why not? Because the study is, what does the Bible say about fear tonight, right? And so we're going to see what the Bible says about fear, right? So, but before we dive in to what the Bible says about fear, I want us to look briefly at what does the Lord say about Himself? In Scripture, What does the Lord say about Himself? What does the Bible say about who God is? All right. All right. So while Paul was explaining to uh, some, a group of Greeks in, in the city of Athens who had no concept of who the Lord was, when he was explaining who God is, here's how he put it in Acts 17, 24 through 26. He explained God. He said, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve His needs, for He has no needs. He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and He satisfies every need. From one man He created all the nations throughout the whole earth. 
He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall, and he determined their boundaries, right? So Paul is describing God, and he says that he made the world. He made everything in the world. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He has no needs. He's self-sufficient. He's the one that gives life and breath to absolutely everything. He's the one that satisfies all the needs of all people everywhere. He's the one that has created all of the nations. He's the one that has decided where people are living, with the boundaries, and the time that they actually live, right? So this is how Paul is describing who God is to a group of people that had no idea. Uh, again, Paul in Colossians describes Jesus, our Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ, the one that we serve. Here's how Paul describes him in Colossians, Colossians 1, 15 through 17. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed for anything else, and He holds all things together. And He holds all things together. So what we see here is we see that He is supreme over all creation. Jesus Christ is supreme over all creation. Everything was created through Him and for Him. And Jesus Christ is the one who holds all things together. He holds all things together. Psalm 9-7 says, But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from His throne. The Lord always has reigned. The Lord always will reign, past, present, and future. The Lord reigns forever. Psalm 97-1 says, The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. The Lord is King over all things. He's King over all things. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. So it says Jesus has all authority, and Jesus will be with us even until the end of the age. He will always be with us. So just from these five passages, and obviously there's way more that God reveals about Himself in His Word, just in these passages we see that the Lord is eternal. He is the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all things. He is the ruler of all things. He has all authority over all things, and He is with us always and forever. And this is the God that we serve. He is the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present King of the universe. Lock that in our minds as we begin to talk about fear. 
Think about who we serve. This is the God that we serve. This all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present King of the universe. This is the God that we serve. So keep that in our mind as we begin to talk about our struggles. All right, so now we're going to look at what the Bible says about fear. All right, we said earlier that the Lord understands us. He gets us, right? So the Lord in Scripture, over 500 times fear is mentioned in Scripture. When we think about that, 500 times fear being mentioned in Scripture, why do you think that is? Why did God mention it time after time after time after time after time? What do you think? Could it be because He knows that we struggle with that? Could it be that we as His created beings, He gets us, He understands us, and He says, well, they're going to need this, right? So five, over 500 times He talks about fear. And this can be in the form of anxiety, worry, stress, or just downright being afraid, right? He addresses this over 500 times in Scripture. Now, there's two types of fear that the Bible mentions, all right? And one type, and one type alone is beneficial. One type of fear that the Bible talks about is beneficial. And all other types of fear, except for that one type, is a detriment to us and has to be overcome. All right, so one type is beneficial, and all the other types of fear are a detriment to us, and they must be dealt with, and they must be overcome. All right, so, you know, it's not like getting the good news first. Let's talk about the one beneficial fear that there is in Scripture. Does anybody want to just guess what that is? What's the one beneficial fear? You guys know this one. The fear of the Lord. This is the only type of fear that is in a positive light. This is the only type of fear that we are told to have. And this is the only beneficial fear that there is. Just a few verses here. Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 15, God himself says this. He says, You must fear the Lord your God and serve him only. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. You must not worship any of the other gods in the neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. Joshua 24, 14. So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors' worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River. And in Egypt, serve the Lord alone. Ecclesiastes, as, as, as the writer of Ecclesiastes goes through all of these things about life, trying to find purpose in life, he's trying everything that possible to man, right? And at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says this. He sums it all up. He says, that's the whole story. Here is now my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, 28, Don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we're told many times in Scripture that we are to fear the Lord. And this is the only uh, beneficial fear that there is. And this fear, obviously, is not as we would think of fear. This is a reverential awe. This is standing in awe of who God is. And obviously, all of those things that we said about God and who He is at the beginning, that's who we're in awe of. The Creator, the Sustainer, the One that's ruling, the One that's reigning, the One that's constantly on His throne for now and forever, the One that loves us, the One that provides for all of our needs. This is the One that we stand in awe of, right? We stand in awe of Him. We have reverence for His power. 
We have reverence for His glory. And also we have a proper respect for His wrath and for His anger. We have a proper respect for those things that will be poured out on, on those that are disobedient. So to have that proper respect for God, to be in awe of Him, and that's the fear of the Lord. All right, And Scripture is very clear, too, that as we fear the Lord, there are benefits of that. And Scripture points out a few of those benefits. I just want to go through a couple of them. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. Proverbs 1.7 also says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, when we think of knowledge, it refers to correct understanding of the world. A correct understanding of the world and of ourselves. This is knowledge. We understand correctly because God has told us how to view the world. Wisdom is actually referring correctly to applying that knowledge. Okay, so knowledge, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We begin to understand what our world is like, what we are like as people. We begin to understand that as we begin to respect God and in all of Him. As we respect God, we respect His Word. We understand correctly how we need to view things. And wisdom is taking that knowledge and putting it into practice. So we know these things. Wisdom says how we live those things out. And so wisdom is basically applying this knowledge to our lives, the knowledge that we know. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27 says, Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape for the snares of death. So the benefits of fearing the Lord uh, are that this fear of the Lord leads to true wisdom. It leads to life. It leads to security. And it leads to escape from death. When we think about that, obviously, we understand that uh, through Jesus Christ, right? So when we begin to fear the Lord, we begin to listen to His Word. We understand what our problem is from His Word, right? And what's our problem as mankind? For all have sinned, right? We understand that, man, our problem is sin. There's no human that doesn't live that doesn't understand that they are missing something, that something is wrong. And obviously we know from God's Word, God has told us, hey, that problem is sin. From God's Word, we understand that what this sin leads to, for the wages of sin is death. We know that this sin leads to death because God's told us that, right? And when we have that proper respect for Him, we have the proper respect for His Word. And we begin to understand these things, right? So we know that uh, the common problem of sin, this sin leads to death, but God didn't leave us there. We also know what leads to life or who leads to life. Jesus Christ, right? We know that Jesus Christ and His sacrificial death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead leads to eternal life, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? And it's through this word that we understand that. And that begins, the understanding of all of these things begin with a proper respect and awe of who God is. 
That's where it begins. And these are all the benefits that, that stem from this fear and respect of the Lord. And so it's just awesome when we think about that. And this is the only fear that we are to have. We are to have a healthy respect for the Lord, right? And we should respect this all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present King of the universe. It just makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that we should respect our Creator and our Sustainer and our Master. It just makes good sense to us that we should respect what He's told us in His Word. It just makes sense that we should do that. Now, on to this second uh, type of fear, and this is always detrimental. This type of fear, when it's talked about in the Bible, is always detrimental. The only beneficial fear is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the only beneficial fear. The rest of the fear that's talked about in Scripture is a detriment to us, and we must deal with it. So Scripture tells us time after time, fear not. It says, don't be afraid. Uh, this type of fear manifests itself in many different ways. We might call it anxiety. We might call it worry. We might call it stress. And we might just call it downright being scared, right? This fear has many different forms, but we understand what this fear is because at some point in time, we have all dealt with that. We have all dealt with that. just want to go through a few verses about this type of fear. In Exodus 14... Uh, this is just a picture that, that, that I love when I think about uh, a fear. It says, But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians that you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now understand what the, what the context here is. The, the, the Israelites had been in slavery in the nation of Egypt. Finally, they were let go. But then the Pharaoh said, whoa, 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 I'm changing my mind. And Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world at this time, with the most powerful army, begins to head out to destroy the nation of Israel. And Israel is moving, moving, moving. Egypt's coming after them. Well, then what do you know? They're backed up to the Red Sea. Backs are to the Red Sea, and who's coming at them? The most powerful army in the world. And God says, don't be afraid. I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all going to be afraid? I'm going to be a little afraid, right? I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to be scared. This entire army's coming to me. I've got an ocean behind me. I've got a sea behind me. And God says, don't be afraid. You just stand still and watch what I'm going to do. That's the God that we serve. Now, did God prove himself faithful? Oh, he sure did, right? Part of the Red Sea, miraculous. They walk through on dry ground. The power, most powerful army in the world comes through, and the sea crashes in on them, right? Well, we might tell ourselves, well, you know what? We're not going to be in that situation. We're not going to have an army chasing after us, and we're going to, you know, to say, oh, I can't be afraid of this. You know, I, we're not going to be in that situation. We might think that, right? But here's what I say. Don't you think the Lord, that, that the same God that delivered the nation of Israel from the most powerful army in the world, don't you think that that same God can take care of the things that we're afraid of? That same God can take care of the things that we are fearful of, right? 
So many of us, myself included, we spend so much time worrying about everyday life situations. And that is a form of fear. We're fearful of the future. We're fearful of what might happen. We're fearful if I can't do this. We're fearful of what if this doesn't happen. We're fearful of what if this does happen, right? I mean, does this resonate with anybody or is it just me? I mean, we all do that, right? And the same God that said, he told the Israelites, he said, hey, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch. This is the same God that can take care of our everyday situations. Think back to Matthew 6 when he talks about worrying, right? I have to go back to this passage many, many, many times, right? Sometimes many times in one day. I just need that reminder. Jesus says, this is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that they are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So the Lord tells us what to focus on. He says, don't be focusing on worrying and all of these things. But what does He tell us to focus on? Him and His kingdom, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. And He says, and all these things will be added to you. He said, keep your priorities right. Keep focused on Me. Keep focused on living obediently to Me. And He says, and I'm going to take care of you in all of these other things, right? Because remember who we're serving, right? Remember we said that He is the all-powerful, ever-present creator and sustainer of all things. Do you think God could help us with our everyday problems? Of course He can. Of course He can. Do you think we need that reminder, though? Oh, of course we do. We need that reminder constantly, right? He tells us what to focus on, and the Lord has got us. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Anybody ever read that first part of that verse and go, ugh, that's a hard one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done and will do. We need to be so confident in Christ that we can thank Him 
for taking care of our worries in advance. It's an awesome thing to think about. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, Give all of your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. That's the God that we serve. We serve a God that is creator, sustainer of all things, but He cares about us individually. He cares about Tony. He cares about Mr. Freddie, right? He cares about Mr. Don. He cares about each and every one of us individually. And he knows those things that we struggle with and that we go through. And he tells us specifically, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Do we sometimes forget that part, though? I spend so much time worrying that I don't even pray about things a lot of times. And later on, I just end up saying, well, that was silly. Why did, why did I do that? I had one story I'll, I'll tell you, and I, I think I can get through and tell you this, but uh, I guess I was in my late 20s probably, Tammy and I had, we had two kids. Uh, I was a bivocational youth pastor, which means basically it's part-time pay, but so I had to work full-time. I was working construction, bivocational youth pastor. Uh, I was a part-time seminary student as well, so I had a lot going on. I had no money, and uh, and so, and I had this $1,400 bill. I say bill. I had a bill that was due that was $1,400. And I guess it's just old-fashioned pride. I didn't tell anybody about this, but all I did was worry about this. I'm talking, I knew when it was due. Two months out, I started worrying about it because we were just barely breaking even. And I didn't tell anybody about this bill, but all I did was worry, 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 worry. And that's all I did about it. And it was eating me up. And finally, one day, this thing was coming due like the next week, you know. And I can remember it was a Friday or a Saturday or whatever. And I can remember finally just sitting down in my recliner and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do about this, Lord. I've got this bill due. I, I, I just don't know, Lord. And I just gave it to the Lord. Why I didn't do that two months earlier, I don't know. But I just gave it to the Lord. And then I stand up. I walk to my, this is when we used to get mail, and I walk to the mailbox, I open up the mailbox, I pull out my mail, and I see there's, there's something from, from my church where I served as the youth pastor. I open it up, and honestly and truly, there was a check in there, and do you want to guess how much that check was for? $1,400. And I, I tell you that now, I, I'm amazed at that. And there's, there's many other times in my life that, that this kind of stuff has happened because the God, God that we serve is so good. Uh, and the reality of it is I had never told them that I was struggling with this. Uh, it was just something that they had taken up together to kind of help us, just knew, knowing what we were going through. But I had never told any of them that I had this bill. I never told them how much it was. But you know who, who did know? The Lord knew, right? Now, that was a good lesson. I mean, I like to say that now every time I pray about it first. No, I still worry sometimes about it first, right? But it's proof. God, again, has proved himself faithful time and time and time again. God doesn't desire that we worry about things, right? God desires that we live this life and live it to the fullest. Uh, i got one more quick story for you. Now, now, this one, now, now our God that we serve will never lie to us, right? Now, my earthly father would sometimes tell me fibs and lies, okay? So this is an earthly father story, all right? And I love my dad to death. But So when I was young, we grew up, my, my, uh, my grandfather had a, a cattle farm. 
from South Carolina, and we lived on the farm too. And so, you know, I was probably I was probably five or six, and uh, there was a, a creek that ran through the farm, and uh, and we we liked to go down there. Well, I got my sister and I, or my, or my siblings and I, we just we got really scared of snakes. And so we had seen the snake, and we were just terrified. And so we loved that creek, but we never would go down there because we were so afraid of seeing snakes. Well, my dad took us down there one day, and of course we are ninja all over that place, like don't know where that snake's going to be at. And he said, hey, stick your hand in this water. And I, we stick our hand in the water. He says, feel how cold that is? This is probably February or March, but it's, so that water was cold. And he said, now, let me tell you something. He said, this is a spring-fed creek. He said, this creek too cold for snakes. Now, I love my dad, and I trusted everything that man said. And I promise you, I was up and down that creek for well, probably until Tammy and I met. We probably still were up and down that creek. And the thing of it was, I can't even remember, there would be like holes in the bank, in the top of the bank where there had been a tree, and then you could crawl through that hole down to the creek. And I would do that. Now, I would see snake from time to time, and all I would do, I would look and go, that snake don't know that water's too cold for him. He's going to die, you know? But we, nonetheless, I trusted my dad. My dad knew that there was not inherent danger and that it was not good for me to stay away from that. He said, he's going to enjoy this creek, so I'm going to take away this fear from him, and I'm going to be able to go and to do that, right? Now, my dad told a fib in order to do that, and I appreciate that. And so, uh, but the Lord is this same way. He cares about us so much. He cares about us so much. Uh, that He has given us His Spirit. And the Lord's Spirit isn't of fear, right? First, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And this is the Spirit that we have. This is the Spirit that we've been given. God has not given us His Spirit. God is not afraid. God is not timid, right? God is none of those things. God is all-powerful, and this is the Spirit that He has instilled in us. And this is the Spirit that He said He has given us, right? He's given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, right? So if the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, who does that spirit of fear come from? Satan, right? Our enemy. God Himself has not given us that Spirit, so we know that it has, that Spirit comes from Satan. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. We're to be alert. We're to watch out for Satan's schemes, right? And when this spirit of fear creeps in, we have to name it for what it is. We say, Lord, I know this didn't come from you, so I know it's come from Satan. And that's step one in this battle, right? And God, God begins to tell us, obviously, how we battle that, right? We, we, we pray about it, right? He says, don't be anxious, but pray about everything. We pray, we give it over to Him. So when we know where the spirit of fear comes from, it helps us to battle it. It helps us to battle it. When we realize this didn't come from my all-powerful, all-knowing creator that loves me, this is coming from my enemy who hates me. This is coming from my enemy who seeks to devour me. This is coming from my enemy who wants nothing good for me. 
So we need to step to the one that wants the good things for us, that says, cast all of these things on me. Why? Because I care for you, right? So this is the spirit that he's given us. The Lord has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now, when we think about this power, the perfect love of God drives out this fear. The perfect love of God drives out all fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18 says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. The perfect love of Christ drives out all of this detrimental fear in our lives. We trust Him. We trust His power because He loves us. And He's taken away our guilt. He's taken away our sin. And He's cast it away. So we have no reason to fear. But rather we're called to love, honor, obey, and respect the Lord. When we look at Matthew 10, 28 again, Jesus says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul, but fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so when we think about that, uh, when we think about that, we, we're not to fear man. We're not to fear man. Scripture is very clear on that. Now, I won't, I won't go through. I've, I've got some other Scripture to go through, but, but just go back and read Acts. When we look at Acts and the apostles when they were facing the Sanhedrin, and they were continually telling them, hey, don't speak in the name of Jesus. And they're like, hey, look, you can say what you want to say, but we have got to speak the name of Jesus. Now, they're not fearing that. Their fear is the only beneficial fear. They fear the Lord their God. They respect Him so much that they don't care what these people are saying because they realize they can only destroy the body. And they're serving the Master. So go back and read Acts uh, 4 and 5, and you're going to see a great story, a great story of, of, uh, of the apostles when they're called in there, and not to fear, not to fear mankind. So I want us to remember that the Lord is with us, and so there's no need to fear. The God that we serve, at the beginning, remember we said the God that we serve is all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing, creator and sustainer of all things. And this is the God that loves us. This is the God that is for us. This is the God that says, I've got this. Just stand back and watch me work. And he's trustworthy. And every one of us in this room could probably tell a story right now of, how, of God's faithfulness. Right? We can tell of God's faithfulness. Scripture's full of God's faithfulness. Our lives are full of God's faithfulness. So why is it that sometimes we, we become fearful and all of a sudden that God's not going to be faithful? But again, it's just we need to remind ourselves of the promises of God. We need to remind ourselves of what God has told us. I'm going to close with Psalm 46. And I'm going to make this our, uh, our closing prayer. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and in our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and when the mountains crumble into the sea, 
Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our Most High God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how He brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us. God, we thank you that you, that you understand our struggle, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you, that you get us, Lord. I do pray, Lord, that we would not fear, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would live in your spirit, Lord, that spirit of love, of power, of self-discipline, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would live as you lived on this earth, Lord. I thank you, God, that we don't have to go through life fearful, Lord. But help us, Lord, when we do have those times, or when we do have those times where we struggle, Lord, with anxiety, where we have those times where we struggle with worry, Lord, with stress. And, Lord, just sometimes just being afraid, God. Help us to know that you are with us, God. You, Lord Jesus, the King of all the universe, Lord, are with us, God. Help us to remember that. Help us to trust in you, Lord, in all things and in everything, Lord God. We love you, and we just thank you so much for your word, Lord. I thank you for the encouragement that you give to us, God. I thank you that you're not surprised by anything, but you know us and you love us, God. I pray that we would run to you, Lord, rather than ignore you and run from you, Lord Jesus. We just love you, and we thank you for who you are, Lord. We lift up to you, Lord, our, our Alaska team, Lord. I ask that you would just continue to be with them, Lord. I pray that you would bless their time there as we come alongside a sister church there in Alaska, Lord. I ask, Lord, just for your blessings on them, Lord, uh, and in this, uh, in this trip, Lord God. We love you, and we thank you, Lord. Bless the rest of our week, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.